Welcome to the Sunday Soother Advice Cast, a podcast that takes your dilemmas and gives you insightful advice about how to get to know yourself better and live life in a more meaningful way. I'm your host, Katherine Andrews, a writer and holistic personal development coach and author of the Sunday Soother newsletter. Here, I'll take your questions, reframe your narratives, and give you actionable advice that I promise you will actually have you thinking about how to do things in a different way. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Sunday Soother Advice Cast. We are going to get deep today on a question about a person who struggles with negative ruminations, which means she struggles with staying present in the moment with herself in her relationship, especially because she has a really stressful day job that affects this. But before we get into the question, you may have heard that I am having a Sunday Soother Advice Cast contest and giveaway. It is my first ever contest slash giveaway slash whatever, and I am super excited about it. I am giving away a free coaching package. This means you get two phone calls with me, um, some of my personalized assessments and intake personality tests, which are really exciting. And I will create a customized plan for you going forward about the issue that you're looking to work on me with. So it's super easy to enter. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of the Sunday Soother Advice Cast on iTunes. And in that review, just leave your Twitter or Instagram handle so I know how to get in touch with you in case you are the winner. And if you are nice enough to have already written me a review on iTunes, thank you so much. All you need to do is go back in and edit it to include your Twitter or Instagram handle in order to be um, eligible for this giveaway. And if you want to get a double entry in this contest, all you have to do is share any of my Instagram posts or stories and tag me recommending the Sunday Seether newsletter and advice cast, and that will count as a separate entry Although your Instagram must be public for me to see that. So just take that into account. So this contest is going to run through the end of October. So just a few more weeks. So get on in there. Okay, my housekeeping is over. Let's dive on into the question. Today's listener asks, Hi, Catherine. I'm a therapist wondering if you have any recommendations for unwinding after work and enhancing the separation between my professional and personal life. I am a self-described anxious, perfectionistic person. I find that I struggle with rumination about counseling sessions that interferes with my ability to relax and connect with my partner. I typically worry if I've said something harmful, for example, ranging from upsetting, alienating, or unhelpful, or about what I may have done to be more helpful to my client in the session. These thoughts may come up when I'm eating dinner with my partner and it is obvious that I am not present with him. I expect to need to engage in more self-care after a particularly demanding day. However, I hope that I can make some changes to my day-to-day well-being and relationship functioning. I'm sorry. I hope that I can make some changes so my day-to-day well-being and relationship functioning can be less tied to my perceived effectiveness at work. I have tried journaling or watching a TV show while eating dinner as soon as I get home from work. Both have been helpful. However, I notice when I'm more distressed, I tend to avoid journaling. And uh, another tactic I take is I put on different clothes, my pajamas, as soon as I get home. Thanks for any recommendations or insight you may have for me. Know that the Sunday Seether is a highlight of my Sunday and has contributed to many practical, meaningful changes in my life to date. Oh, so nice. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, Okay. So one, thank you for your question and your nice words. And I do have a lot of thoughts here, especially because I super relate to this. So what we're going to dive into first is some insight about your body and your energy patterns that I found illuminating when thinking about my own habits and struggles. And I have dealt with a lot of this, you know, rumination, not being present, sort of stuck in my head, being caught up in negative thought patterns over and over again, and really just not being present and in the moment or really even paying attention to what was going on around me in the moment. Um, 
So I'm going to be talking a lot about what's called energy patterns during my advice in this podcast. And that might sound off putting to some of you who think it's related to something like spiritual or woo or whatever. But just to clarify what I mean about energetic patterns or energy patterns is just a way of presenting in the world. Um, It is sort of like how, you know, your mind and your body are engaging at any given moment in a situation. Um, So I just want you to know it's not like anything incredibly out there. It's just sort of a practical assessment of how your presence is being in a particular moment. So that's just basically what I mean by energetic patterns. So I'm going to talk about a few things here related to that. Um, What it means to have an energetic pattern where you are frequently quote unquote leaving, meaning you have a tendency to live in your head and not be present. How those of us with a leaving energy pattern can get more grounded through meditation and nature. And also, I'm going to talk a little bit about your constant ruminations and how they might be related to your inner critic and how you can move forward uh, through that. Okay, so let's talk about the energetic leaving pattern and let's dive into what that even means beyond what I already just said. The work I'm going to talk about first and foremost is I'm going to recommend you read Stephen Kessler's book, The Five Personality Patterns. This book to me provides a really lucid description of um, emotional survival styles that people often use that then present in the way we act in the world, aka our energetic patterns, right? Energetic patterns, like I said, it really means nothing more than a habitual way of being in the world, whether it's in being too rigid with your emotions or kind of spacey or escaping our bodies in the present moments through turning to the thoughts in our heads, right? So. Kessler is a licensed psychotherapist for, he's, he's done this work for over 30 years, and he adapted and modernized what were called the five character structures that were originally formulated by Wilhelm Reich, who was a student of Freud, and he made them into his own version. And this is what he calls the five personality patterns, and they are basically five different energetic patterns. And his approach to personality differs from more static systems of personality types, like maybe like the Myers-Briggs type indicator, those sorts of things tell you about who you are. The five personality patterns talk more about automatic and body-based reactions. And these are really conditioned responses from childhood that you have developed and that you today employ to protect yourself from distress when you feel overwhelmed or sort of um, overtaken by something that's difficult in the moment. So this sort of work um, and these patterns these patterns sort of, they don't reveal who you are. They might hide who you are a little bit. And Kessler says that these patterns generally originate in childhood trauma. But bear in mind that what may be traumatic for one child may not be an issue for another child at all. And what we classify as trauma these days is sort of big T trauma, like serious abuse or neglect um, or serious tragic events um, that may happen in the childhood's Uh, experience, but trauma, and and it's getting more and more like expanded in terms of definition. Little t trauma could really just be everything from um, not not being seen as a kid and having that be painful and um, not having your basic emotional needs met. So that trauma may not like reach the the standard definition of full blown trauma, or full blown abuse or neglect, but it could still affect your energetic patterns. And you could still be developing some protection systems like these energy patterns in response to that. 
Okay, so there are five energetic patterns that Kessler's developed. They are one, leaving, two, merging, three, enduring, four, aggressive, and five, rigid. So if you're interested more in Kessler and these patterns, you should definitely pick up his book. But today, um, I'm not going to go into all five of the patterns. I'm only going to focus on the leaving pattern, because I believe that this is what the listener, what you are currently dealing with. So I could go on and on about what the leaving energetic pattern is, but it's easy enough to boil down into a simple summary. It's when you're rarely in your body and too often in your mind. Um, So there's this blog post out there on alwayswellwithin.com that has a great description of how somebody could have come to have the leaving pattern. On her blog, she writes, For whatever reason, a child who develops the energy leaving pattern was not able to complete the first developmental task of embodiment. Embodiment involves developing a strong sense of self that is securely attached to the body as well as a strong energetic boundary to protect yourself from future disturbances. As an adult, one with the leaving energy pattern may often feel overwhelmed and could easily fragment under pressure. She may find it difficult to function as she doesn't have a strong sense of her own center that she can return to for reference and operate from. She sometimes or may often feel like she doesn't belong here in the physical world and could find it difficult to function here in the present. So in short, those who have the leaving energetic pattern are just in their heads a lot. It's hard to be present. It's hard to be in your body. It is hard to develop embodiment. It may even be hard to engage with people who are right in front of you because you're living so deeply in your head and the stories it's telling you. So that's like a super broad, high level overview of the energetic patterns and particularly the leaving energetic pattern. And the good news here is that these patterns can absolutely be played with and healed. It just takes a little bit of work. And I have a few ideas for you. Okay, the first idea. This involves creating rituals around leaving work and arriving home. Now, it sounds like you have already gotten a start on this um, by trying to create sort of an energetic boundary of sorts by changing clothes when you get home into your PJs or watching a TV show and sort of, you know, making those shifts around things that are external to you when you come home. And I think both of those things are actually really good. And I actually think really watching a TV show that you're totally absorbed in, like a TV show where you're not sort of also looking at your phone during the TV show, but one that has like completely captured your attention. It's actually a really grounding practice um, and maybe more good for some of us who can get easily distracted than we give it credit for. You know, with those sorts of TV shows, you can be so completely absorbed in another world that's outside of your head. And so that's good. Um, And if you're obsessed with a particular TV show that you're able to give your full attention and presence, it's actually a great thing. So, you know, keep watching TV, keep like doing your PJs. That sounds great. But I think here we can also create a a bit of a ritual that's a little bit more fleshed out for you that will draw a clearer line between the end of the workday and the start of your evening at home. And people are like, oh, rituals, it's so weird. And I'm like, "Uh, ritual is really just like something that marks a moment in time that has some that has the same elements over and over again, right? So it's not like anything crazy. It's really just a practice. So you can create this practice or ritual ritual on your own. But what I would suggest is that at the end of the day in your office, I would turn off all of the lights, crack open the window, light a candle, maybe light a particular kind of incense and sit for five minutes. 
just breathing with your eyes closed and sending gratitude out to your clients, to the space around you and to yourself for the work that you did that day. Just make it really simple and peaceful. And at the end of the five minutes, just say something like, and now this part of the day is done. And, you know, if you want to get real woo, you could cleanse the space with sage or Palo Santo. Although um, cleansing with those materials can can be kind of culturally appropriative of American indigenous people. But whatever your cultural background is, look it up. Basically, every single culture has energy clearing practices that you could use and adapt. Okay, so that's like five minute sort of practice or ritual to do in your office at the end of the day. Then when you get home, I would create an arrival ritual. And if possible, I would light a candle and incense too, but I would make it a completely different kind of candle and a completely different kind of incense. You know, you need to work on getting embodied and presence through your body and your physical senses. So, you know, for when you're in your office, you might have a candle and an incense you associate with work and then a completely different kind of smell and candle, uh, smell of candle and smell of incense that you associate with arriving home and settling in for the evening for your arrival ritual. Right. So like we're working through smell to distinguish between your office and your home and using two different kinds of smells for the leaving ritual and the arrival ritual. So you can light those as soon as you get home. Maybe just say like a quiet phrase or gratitude um, reflection as you light them or a statement, something like I am now here and home for the evening. So those are really simple rituals and acts, but I think they could actually be really powerful, especially if you incorporate those scents, um, like the smells of the candles and the incense that differentiate between the office and the home and employ those. Okay, so next I'm going to talk about getting grounded. My coach used to talk about being grounded and I was like, I literally don't even know what being grounded means or that that's a thing that you can do. And isn't like everybody like me totally frazzled and having thoughts running through their heads at a million miles every day and dealing with anxiety. And no, it turns out not everybody is like that. What it means to be grounded is that like grounded people are really present. They can really feel their bodies and they can associate wisdom and emotions with their bodies even. And they can be really focused and engaged with exactly whatever is going on in front of them, right? So this is really hard for me and this is really hard for people with general sort of energetic leaving patterns. And the key I found to being grounded is meditation. And I know like nobody wants to meditate. It's so hard. It takes so much time. It feels difficult. It feels uncomfortable. Those are all true. And yet I've struggled with a regular meditation practice over the years. And I have to say, eventually I've come to the realization that meditation for people who live with anxiety is non-negotiable. It's something you really, it's going to improve the quality of your life tenfold. And you really should be doing it if you struggle with anxiety. It is the one thing that always, always, always helps me. And the one thing that when I do regularly actually wildly improves my presence, my mind, my quality of life, my happiness. So you don't have to be meditating for hours a day to achieve this. Um, I have a simple four minute guided, guided grounding meditation that you can listen to that I'll link in the show notes. It works to ask you to visualize yourself as literally connected to the earth. You may also want to Google root chakra meditations and try those out. And in the chakra system, the root is the chakra or the energy center that helps us feel secure in the earth and safe and grounded. And meditating on it can improve that aspect of your life. 
Um, and you know, you can just do silent meditation too. Like if you want to just meditate for 10 or 15 minutes silently a few times a week, just counting your breaths and trying to remain calm, that can be uh, great and you will get better at it with time. Yes, it will be very hard at first, but it is a muscle and you can improve it. The other thing that can help with being more grounded is just literally being in nature as much as you can without distraction. You know, don't take your phone to nature. Don't be like going on a hike, like flicking through Instagram. If you're feeling spacey and in your head too much, nothing will help bring you back to earth by literally, I'm sorry, nothing will help bring, bring you back to earth more than going to nature as much as you can and just taking it in. You don't have to, you know, it's not like you have to be going to Yellowstone Park either or anything. This can be simple. Just go to your local park spend 10 minutes a day in your yard. Like, do you have a tree in your yard? Do you have grass? Do you have a chair outside? So ask yourself really right now, what is your relationship to nature? How often are you in it? And if the answer is not very much, make a pledge to get out once a week into nature for grounding purposes. And you know, this would be great to do with your partner also. Finally, this is less related to the energetic pattern of of leaving and leaving in your head that we are talking about. But to me, a huge part of this sounds like you have a very strong inner critic and that you are constantly questioning if you've actually helped your clients or not, or if you've said something wrong or could have done something better. So first, just know you have an inner critic, okay? Like some people don't, a lot of people do. And just realizing that you have that inner critic and that you have a tendency to be overly difficult on yourself um, is is the first step in knowing it doesn't have to be that way. Improving your inner critic is actually, I find one of the easier things to work on in my coaching. And I tell every client to start at the same place, which is reading a book called Soul Without Shame by Brian Brown. Uh, This is a description of his book. Soul Without Shame deeply explores the inner judge or inner critic, that voice in your head that says that you need to be better or different in order to to earn love and acceptance. When you were a child, you were completely dependent on your parents for food and nurturing, and you had little choice but to internalize your parental role models in the form of the judge. As a child, you had to do what your parents said or risk losing their love and affection and potentially sustenance, and the judge perverted that into making you believe that your value is conditional and that you are worthless on your own. However, now that you are an adult, you are still letting that child's limited understanding of your parents' values run your life in the form of the judge. So I think this book is great because it's not just philosophical about the inner critic. It gives you specific assignments and journaling explorations and homework and tactics in each chapter to look really closely at how you can move forward and heal this inner judge that is so often shouting at you and who in fact is actually probably driving your life. And you don't want that inner judge or critic being the one running your life. You want to be the one in charge and this book will help you get there. Okay, so let's go ahead and sum up everything I've gone over here in the homework corner, right? Like I'm just gonna do a rundown of all of the practices and advice giving that I have covered so far in this podcast. So anybody out there listening, if you're somebody who struggles with being quote unquote spacey or has a tendency towards negative ruminations, these steps will work for you too. So first, create an arrival ritual. uh, I'm sorry, create a leaving ritual and an arrival ritual. If you struggle to leave your work at the workplace, try this, you know, try a leaving ritual with um, candles, incense, gratitude, Maybe you can't burn stuff at your workplace. That's fine, you know, but sit down and close your eyes and just breathe for a few minutes and say, I am done for the day. 
And then when you get home, have a little bit of an arrival ritual with maybe a different candle, a different incense, and a different phrase. Second, you want to work on meditation, particularly visual visualization and guided meditations that will help you to ground or work on your root chakra. Three, get in nature at least once a week. It's a total bonus if you can actually walk barefoot on grass or in dirt for a bit too. This is called earthing. And remember, you're trying to reconnect yourself to the earth so that you're more present and grounded and living less in your mind, sort of up in space. Finally, read Soul Without Shame by Byron Brown, as this will help you tame and master your inner critic, which will then eventually help you with those negative ruminations that are currently running your mind. Sound good? Okay, good luck with all of this. I feel a personal alignment to this question because I have done this and I still do this. I'm a lot better now than I used to be, but it was always very hard for me to stay grounded and be in, um, be in my body and be in the present moment. And that's why I know these tactics work if you do them regularly and they will bring you back down to earth and back to your body. And finally, just thank you so much for writing in and for the work that you do. You know, I went to therapy for years and I know how vital and critical it is. And I often wondered, you know, how do therapists deal with this, right? Like you are offering so much healing to the world and taking on so much emotional energy and just know you're doing a critical job, but it is important to create sort of energetic boundaries so that you can go ahead and live your own life and you you do deserve that. Okay. Wondering what we'll be talking about next week? Next week's question from the listener starts off like this. Hi, Catherine. I would love some advice in terms of what to do when you think you picked the wrong career path. Okay, so have you been there, listeners? I'll get into the full question next week and my answer to it. But if you have any tips or stories you want to share about having picked the wrong, quote unquote, I should say, quote uh, quote unquote, wrong career path and moving out of it that you want to share with this listener, Go ahead and email me at kathdandrews at gmail.com. That's C-A-T-H-D as in David, Andrews at gmail.com. And that's it for today's Sunday Soother Advice Cast. If you have questions or advice and ideas for the topics we discussed on today's show, go ahead and email me them at kathdandrews at gmail.com or head to tinyletter.com slash candrews to submit them anonymously there. Thank you so much for listening. Here's to living the week ahead with lots of thoughtfulness, connection, and meaning.